on to better things. The three and two, uh, the three and ten Cardinals, excuse me, three and ten Cardinals. Um, they're, uh, they're home underdogs, double digit home underdogs on Sunday in Glendale against the uh, ten and three Forty ers Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports on by Matt Mayoko of CBS Sports Bay Area. And Matt, always good to have you. Uh, the 49ers, when Trent Williams and Debo were healthy, uh, they're unbeaten this season. What has most impressed you about the 49ers to this point? Well, by the way, it's good to hear your voice for uh, at least two times a year uh, during the regular season yeah. anyway. Um, mm-hmm. What's impressed me most is probably that this has always kind of been seen as a defensive-minded team. The defense has kind of spearheaded the 49ers. And this year, the at the very least, the offense is the equal of the defense. And I'd say that the offense is even better. So this is a team that can win a 13-10 game. It's a team that can win a 38-35 game. Uh, they just have uh, star power and explosive players on both sides of the ball. And uh, because uh, Gilbert's own, actually, I think, is it Queen Creek? I think that's where he lives, yeah. or where his yeah. family lives. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just say Perry High Zone, uh, the, the Pumas, <laughs> uh, because they have Brock Purdy playing on a minimum salary contract, and they will have him playing uh, for the remainder of this season and all of next year as probably like the 45th highest paid player on the team. They're able to pay a lot of money for guys at every position. So uh, they they really do have star power and high, highly paid players at every position on the team except for quarterback. And he's, he's um, you know, a legitimate MVP candidate. And this isn't, you know, forget any kind of qualifiers or anything else. The 49ers offense is as good as it is because of Brock Purdy behind center. Okay, we'll get into Brock and uh, some of the defensive star power here momentarily. First up, uh, heading into this week's game, uh, the Niners have got some injury concerns. Uh, are some of those guys legitimately not going to play this week against the Cardinals? Yeah, I don't think either of the defensive tackles will be out there. So no Eric Armstead, no Javon Hargrave. So it'll be uh, Javon Kinlaw, who was the number 14 overall pick back in 2020. He's in his contract year. The one thing that he's been able to do this season that he hadn't done in previous years is he's been healthy. So he's been improving. But they're going to rotate a lot of different guys out there. You know, They still have... Uh, Nick Bosa on one side and and Chase Young on the other side and you'll see guys moving around you know Randy Gregory and who knows Chase Young and and Nick Bosa they they might line up inside sometimes in passing situations I'm sure they'll do some creative things uh, Steve Wilkes will as far as lining those guys up and in some sort of turbo package where they get after the quarterback on third downs so they're they're going to play a lot of different guys uh, on the defensive line, but you know their their top priority is just to make sure that nothing lingers with Hargrave or Armstead, and that when you know the games uh, turn into that single elimination thing, that tournament um, that begins second week in January, they want to make sure that that those guys have a chance to be you know their best chance to be healthy 
and uh, nothing lingering. So uh, those guys, probably those guys, I don't expect to play. Charvarius Ward, their best corner, is kind of iffy at this point. Um, and I think those are the, the the main ones. You know, most of their injury concerns at this point are on the defensive side of the ball. All right, you know, in addition, you mentioned that tournament, but before, you know, between Sunday and then the tournament is they play Christmas Monday night at home against the Ravens. Does that play a role into whether these guys play this week or not? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you're talking about another day of rest for next week, another day to get better. But, yeah, no, I I, I do think that, uh, you know, they just don't want to push it with these guys at this point in the season. Uh, their practices are, are pretty tame right now, pretty much going through just walk-through types of speed. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure looking ahead a week, it's like, boy, if you can, you know, get through this week without playing some of those guys and then get another day of rest for, for next week uh, against a team that, you know, on paper anyway, looks to be the, their biggest challenge before the postseason. And, and these games are important for the 49ers. I mean, they are the number one seed in the NFC right now. And so they control their own destiny. You know, if they, if they win these final four games, it's, it's Arizona, it's Baltimore, it's the Commanders, and then the Rams. If they go 4-0 the rest of the season, uh, they get the week off and home field advantage. So those, are, those have been the priorities for this team since the season started and, and now – uh, that goal is very much in reach. Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area, currently in the Sports Zone. Okay, we've been talking about Brock Purdy for more than a year. Um, yeah, every time we talk, he seems to have gotten better. <laughs> and as you mentioned, he's now legitimately an MVP candidate this year. What has made Purdy? You know, why is this offense so much better right now with Purdy than it was with Jimmy G or a different quarterback? Uh, he just has this innate ability to see the game in real time the way most people see it a day later with a clicker in their hand. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I mean, this is a guy that that uh, when you said we've been talking about Brock Purdy for a year, like it's been almost literally only one year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I think his right. first start came – I think his first start came like December 11th, uh, somewhere around. I think it might have been December 11th or some sometime around there uh, last season. So we haven't been talking about him for very long. But I'll give you one example. Last week, uh, th- there was a play call where uh, basically Debo Samuel didn't think that he was you know going to have any chance of getting the ball. So he admittedly said that he wasn't you know running his top speed uh, on his pass route. And the, the play was going to be uh, basically a 10-yard hook to Juwan Jennings. Well, Juwan Jennings was open. And instead, though, Purdy sees the safety, Jamal Adams, behind Jennings. But he saw him flat-footed. And so he, was, he made a millisecond decision Oh, I'm not going to throw it to Jennings for the for the easy pitch and catch and the first down. It's a third down play because Jamal Adams is flat footed. I'm going to go with the deep shot because Debo Samuel's going to get over the top, and so he did. And instead of a 12 yard completion for a first down, 
he throws a 54-yard touchdown pass to Debo Samuel. And that's just kind of next-level play. That's just one example. But it happens repeatedly where this guy is able to recognize stuff in real time that most quarterbacks don't. And it, it I, I tell you, Bob, it's completely changed how – uh, not that this is important at all, but it, it completely changes how I view the quarterback position because most of the times when you're watching college quarterbacks, you know, people, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a great pro. Oh, look at his arm. Look at how accurate he is. Look at, you know, how he's able to make those plays. But that's not quarterback play in the NFL. Quarterback play in the NFL is being able to see all those nuances and to be able to anticipate, I mean, very few times in 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 the NFL are quarterbacks throwing to wide open guys uh, down the field. It just it it rarely happens. Oh, it might happen, you know, a, a time or two a game, but but it doesn't happen all that often. And what Purdy is able to do um, more or better than a lot of quarterbacks who played a long time is that he's just able to see, you know, pre-snap what the defense is showing. And if the defense does something else post-snap, he's able to immediately pick up on it and make a split-second decision. And time and time again, he throws it not to the open guy, but to the guy who's going to be open. You know, there are many times when you watch him on the All-22, and if you pause the – the uh, the video as he's breaking his hands and getting ready to throw, you can't tell who he's throwing to because it looks like everybody is covered. And then he just has this, this innate ability to have trust in the offense, trust in the receiver, trust in himself to put it to a spot and allow his receiver based on the, the route and the defense he puts it where the guy is going to be and where the guy is going to be open. It, it's, it's been amazing to watch him play. Fred Warner flipping this to the defense. I think he's become my favorite NFL defensive player to watch. Uh, you, you've well, seen every uh-huh. snap of his career. Uh, you know, what, what stands out to you about him? Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting you say that because I, I kind of think that maybe he doesn't get the recognition or – uh, you know, nationwide than maybe he deserves. Um, I, I don't know that he's ever really talked about as NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and and he certainly, you know, he won't get it this year. But I would I would suspect now that the AP has started. Uh, I think all the voters vote for five guys. I think he'll get some votes, and so you start to see his name maybe as a top five candidate or top seven candidate. Um, he's just a, you know they they've done a really good job. I I think in in there, there was a time here, it wasn't all that long ago, that it wasn't a great locker room. You know, there were guys that were kind of sketchy. Um, they've done a really good job of just getting the right kinds of people. And it's, it's not just, I'm not, not just talking about character, but just guys who are passionate about the game and take it seriously, who also know when to have fun and, and are, are just, you know, seemingly very decent people and Fred is at the top of the list. I mean, he's, he's really a good guy to be around and, and everybody who's around him in the locker room, 
uh, you know, has nothing but, but good things to say about him. And he's just, he's a guy who's just really quickly grown into that role of leadership. I mean, I still remember his first, his first uh, off season with the team where they decided almost immediately he's going to be the middle linebacker and he's going to get the green dot. And he was so sure of himself and wanted to make such a good impression. He was very loudly, you know, in huddles telling, you know, the rest of the defense, you know, what, what the defensive call it was. And they had to, um, they had to tell him, Hey, Fred, you can't be so loud. The (laughs) offense can hear you. And, but it was always, it, it was also seen as a really positive thing because a lot of times you give that green dot to a rookie and he's unsure of himself. And it's like, Hey, can you speak up? I can't really hear you. You're not saying it with conviction. He was saying it with too much conviction. And so, you know, they, they managed to kind of dial him back a little bit. And, uh, I mean, he's just been a really good player in all facets of the game. You know, he's over 100 tackles for six consecutive season. He has four interceptions. And he's just a solid all-around player and solid all-around guy. Uh, I've been a Kyler Murray skeptic for much of his career here with the Cardinals, uh, but he's had some really good moments against San Francisco. Uh, yeah. What are the Niners saying this week about Murray and uh, the first time they're going to see him in a non-Cliff Kingsbury offensive scheme? I get the sense that I, I get the sense that there's a, a lot of respect for him, and that I think you know talking to some guys, they feel like what he's put on film. Uh, will this be a Third game or fourth, the fifth game or fourth game? I think this is fifth, this right? Would be, this is fifth game, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I sense that in watching his previous four games that the 49ers think he's a better player. And I don't know that the stats bear that out. but And, and his rushing yards are probably down from what they've been in the past. But um, I, what I've heard from guys is they feel like he's – more of a threat from the pocket while also still having that running ability. But, you know, I think what really impresses defensive guys that I've talked to with the players are, are quarterbacks who can can beat you from the pocket and who play – I hear this a lot. You know, guys who can play the game, you know, play quarterback. There are some quarterbacks that the 49ers, you know, their game plan is if we can just make him play quarterback, we're going to be all right. In other words – Keep him in the pocket, uh, make him go through his reads, make him make him just play the game and and just, and see the coverage. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I mean, Jalen Hurts two weeks ago, the 49ers' entire game plan was keep him in the pocket, don't let him escape through the B gap, and keep his running yards to a minimum because they did not think that he could beat them after the first read. I mean, this is stuff that Nick Bosa said. You know publicly and as it turned out (laughs) that they were they were right you know he he froze you know they could take away his first read and then he kind of froze and and never and held the ball for a long time and and they didn't make any plays I don't get the sense at all that the 49ers believe that Kyler Murray uh is incapable of, of beating them from the pocket I think there's a lot of respect for for what he has shown coming back and, and maybe th- that time that he's been on the sideline, maybe that's given him um, an opportunity to maybe have gain a better understanding of, of the game a better understanding of defenses and a better understanding of 
what his job is as an NFL quarterback. So, no, I, I, I don't, I didn't get the sense at all that the 49ers believe, hey, we can just run the same game plan uh, we did against Jalen Hurts and, and beat Kyler Murray. And I think they have a lot of respect for him. All right, bottom line on Sunday, as I mentioned at the top here, the, uh, the Niners, a consensus 12.5-point road favorite in this game. Any prediction for the game on Sunday? Um, I think it'll fall right around that number. I, I, I think that um, – I actually think that maybe because of some of the guys who are going to be out, it it, it won't uh, – you know, the 49ers certainly aren't going to be looking past this game. I think they'll win decisively. But I could see I could see the Cardinals hanging for a while. I mean, my my impression has been that the Cardinals play very hard. I think they're well coached. That they they look to be a, a, a far better coach team than they have been the past few seasons. So I could see them hanging for a while. But I just think the Fortners have too much firepower, too many playmakers. Um, I mean, this is a team that scored touchdowns on six consecutive possessions against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. So it, you, you can, most teams can keep the 49ers offense down for a series or two or maybe three, but with just so many weapons with, you know, Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel and, and Brandon Ayuk and with Purdy playing as well as he is. Um, I just, I just, I, it's, it's a really difficult offense uh, to keep, off the board for long stretches of time. So I think that the, uh, the Cardinals just don't match up with the 49ers from a skill standpoint. Matt, good stuff as always. I appreciate it. And we'll see you on Sunday. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Bob. Yeah. My pleasure. As always, Matt Mayoko, NBC sports Bay area.